1: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and HR Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
0: I think this is probably one of the best groups I've had since we've been here. We've got a lot of versatile guys. Obviously, the the injury to Oliver really hurts. Um, everybody knows, understands how hard of a worker he is, how uh, hard he worked to to show something this year, and you know sometimes it's the way it goes. But as a group, we have a lot of young guys that I think can fill the role. We have a lot of versatility, people that can you know block in lines, split them out, and then um, you have Eifert, who's a Pro Bowl caliber player. Um, which if anybody's watched in the first couple of practices, you see why.
1: That's Jaguars tight end James O'Shaughnessy. He's he's going to have to be a player that they lean on no doubt about it in the tight end room jaguars have just not been able to figure out the tight end spot Uh, i I would wonder is it like the worst producing spot in the history of the franchise the tight end spot yeah be good debate i'll have to do a little homework on it just comes to the top of my mind listen they've had some good players uh, over the years including recently Mercedes lewis but as, as in totality year after year well, my question is, how many Pro Bowl players have they had? I think well, well, one. Well, he won one. Um, Brady? Did, did Kyle Brady make a Pro Bowl back in the day? Uh, again, I have to look it up. Yeah, you yeah. just th- kind of threw it out there. But it would be a good question. Like, what's the what's the least productive position group they've had in the history of their team? Kyle Brady did not make a Pro Bowl. Yeah, I didn't think he did. Uh, but, but he's very productive for them. He's good. Uh, Pete Mitchell. You know, so, I mean, they've had some players. Like I said, it's not... Um, void of of good players over the 25 years, but it certainly has not been a highly productive room. Uh, although <laughs> most people would say quarterback uh, could top the list. Yeah. In in uh, in general, so uh, interesting well, to see where the tight end room falls for the Jags. Let's think about this though, Brent.
0: Right? Because obviously, recently you can say, well, maybe offensive line, but things like well, I mean, but you know, you've you've had Brandon Linder, I think, has, has exceeded expectations. But let's think about this now, since. Like, you know, the the, the, the the first year, the inaugural year of 1995, I think the Jaguars have only had one person make the pro ball at the tight end position, and that's Mercedes Lewis. Hmm. That's crazy. That is
1: pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's a long and time. early on, man. they had a lot
1: of success on offense, by the way, too. Yeah. Uh, and then and it just shows you really since, oh, whatever, I, I think. I was liking it to, like, 06-ish. Oh, because yeah. they ran the ball well in 06 and 07 because Pete Mitchell, he didn't make a tie, uh, he didn't make a pro bowl either okay so, so mercedes is the only person so they ran it well in oh7 um but i i just wouldn't characterize their offense as a... Le- even though they went to the playoffs in 07 i don't think it was right before i got here but they just wouldn't characterize it as a, like a an explosive offense so like jimmy smith i think had a 1000 yards in 05 mm-hmm. uh and so since then Kind of what we started the day at. You know, their conversation, uh, the conversation of their offense has just been kind of a boring, not great, sometimes good players, and especially at the running back position, but nothing you're fearful of. And yeah. part of that would include the tight end room. Again, Mercedes had two good years. His last one here had five touchdowns when they, in 17. And he obviously in 2010 had a big season where he went to the Pro Bowl. But uh, they, they just have not been able to get lucky at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they've tried a bunch of different ways to do it, including Julius Thomas, who they spent big money on. They still got no production out of him. Yeah. Uh, so that was one of the examples of it. Brett Martin Austin Lane Coos here on a Tuesday edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Friendly reminder, uh, cameras are out at camp today. We'll have first and 10 training camp coming up tonight at 1115 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Talk more about the tight end room and others. Hope you can check it out weeknights Monday through Friday on CBS 47 and Fox 30. It is first and 10 training camp. All right. What's the latest? Uh, Magic uh, still in the lead by double digits or what?
2: Uh, Scores 115 to 102 right now.
1: Well, that's a 13-point lead if I do my math. And that's late. It's getting late, right? Two minutes left. Okay. So so Magic
2: going to win. Uh, Kuz
0: loves it. Kuz over Twitter saying go Magic. I don't know what that's about. We
2: are literally about a half a game. Like if we go into their second game and the Magic are winning by, say, 13 again, we're going to be talking about, oh, where's Giannis going? And that's why I want it, just hey, to see how careful. they respond. Careful. Why is this year, why are we talking about Giannis
1: so far right now, even though he's not a free agent for another, like, why is this, yeah. why is the? Why do the results of this year impact Giannis so much?
2: Because they're saying, like, if, if they win it all this year, they think they think the extend belief them? is that they'll just re-sign him, he won't leave, he'll stay. Mm-hmm. If they lose, they feel like the door stays open. Which,
1: by the way, I don't believe that for a moment. I don't think it has anything to – I don't know about anything. I don't think it has to do with winning or losing. And we just watched
2: Kawhi uh, – LeBron James didn't win anything left. Yep.
1: Uh, Kawhi Leonard
2: won left. Kawhi yeah. was different, though. He didn't want to – like, he didn't really want to go to the Raptors. He made it known he wanted to be on the Clippers before they even traded him from the Spurs. They just didn't trade him to the Clippers, so then he just waited a year until he could. Well,
0: you do realize Giannis is going
2: to be free agent next year. That's what I'm yeah, saying. 2021. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Next year.
0: yeah.
1: So, I mean, but not the, after this season. Yes. It's, it's 2021. No, that's after the next season.
2: 21-22 season?
1: No, 2021 season. They play. They're supposed to play another season starting in October. That's fair. Oh, like, yeah. Yes. See,
2: I'm all confused. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're
1: right. You're
0: that's right. my point. So why oh, does I'm this
2: Why Why does? Yeah. Why think, does this
1: trigger that so because much? Because
2: I think this off season they could do some negotiations and yeah, work on a I thing. Guess. And, I've, I've just
1: heard that narrative yeah. a
2: lot. and I'm like, okay, well. Because I made the same mistake. I was like,
1: okay, he must be a free agent then yeah, this year. Yeah, you're right. Well, he's you're not. Right. He's, he's a free agent after next June. Yeah. Uh, unless, I mean, it could be different because of the pandemic and stuff, but he's still got a whole nother season with them.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I think from at least a Bucks fan's perspective is that if they don't win this year, I mean, it's going to look different next year, right? Because they've had to shore up some guys, the Lopez brothers, things like that. You just paid Chris Middleton uh, a top market um, contract. And by the way, Chris Middleton, start playing like it, please. Um, so you paid him all that money and everything. So there's there's a lot that went into this season. But I'll be honest, Kuz, and I get what you're saying, man. Where's Giannis going to go? And we'll talk about that in about a year or so. I'm telling you, though, man, I don't think this is a guy that wants to be in the in the, in the, in the, the limelight. He he doesn't cherish yeah. being in that spotlight. You guys have said that. And I think when we talk about L.A., we talk about New York, things like that, I mean, I don't think he's keen on going to those places. Just my opinion,
1: though. But a place like who could add a star and you're like, say, like say Dallas, Dallas or somebody – See, Why not? Though
0: well, and here's the thing: you put that bad juju on the Bucks, and you said that right because you had that comment. I think it was last week after the after the show, like the last comment of the show. You said Giannis maybe in Dallas, and I let it slide. I couldn't. I haven't slept since you said that. I've had bad sleep, bad nightmares, and now we're here, and I'm watching Orlando Magic just curb the Milwaukee Bucks. So nice
1: job, Brent. Martin. Oh, thanks a lot. Can you imagine? I mean, you talk about a trio that would be wow.
2: Well, I think there's some uh, talk that. Miami might be able to make a play for him too, and they would kind of have themselves a trio. But
1: to your point, see, if he doesn't want the the glitz and glamour, right? Yeah, right, go to Dallas.
0: Dallas is a huge market, especially it's like the European connection.
1: It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Talented player already set up. They could be set up, mm-hmm. um, and they've done it before. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge market, but you can go way under the radar, man, because there's the Cowboys, and it's. Everything else—it's yeah. not the Mavs. Correct. Even when the even when the Mavs were good with Novitski and all that—it's still not like New York City, Miami, yeah. L. A., Boston. They're
0: they're essentially like the I guess you'd call them the Denver Nuggets of like the Midwest
1: That's of like good. Like the yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure people get into it, but yeah. you don't feel like you're in this top four market in the country, is my guess. If he doesn't want all that,
0: one could argue the Spurs probably and Houston Rockets have more. You know viewership and more likes than,
1: yeah, than Mavericks. I mean, now with Luka coming out, we'll see, but I'm just saying where it stands. Yeah, interesting. Uh, okay, so here's my question. Mm-hmm. As you watch these playoffs now, as you started to, and it's early, so it's not like the – I get well, – first I'm, round's a little – I'm panicking, but go ahead. But, but the first round's not the NBA Finals. Or or once we get to a Game 7, this question might become uh, more of an answerable question. Mm-hmm. But do you miss the fans now that we're in the postseason? Does it feel like the postseason? Does the bubble kind of make you think like it's just another game? It's like a tournament. It's like an AAU tournament. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we don't have the drama of the fans having a voice. Same goes with the NHL. Like When I think of the NHL playoffs right now, I don't think of the Bruins, the Rangers, the, the Canadians, all those teams. I think of... The St. Louis Blues fans, Mm -hmm. the way they reacted, and I think of the Lightning. Sure. Because that place is on fire when the Lightning are home. Oh, yeah. But you don't have that. Mm -hmm. How much are we losing that? PGA Championship we just saw in golf, it's a little different in that setting, but kind of the same point. Yeah, you know, so when
0: we ask that question, Brent, I, I go back to, well... The, the the phrase home ice advantage or the phrase home court advantage and how much can a fan base really affect and dictate a game. Now keep in mind, anytime you're the away team, that that's immediately a disadvantage because you have to travel to the game. But I think as far as the NBA is concerned, like yes, you don't have that you know, those fans cheering. I mean, I'm reminded of like the Oklahoma City Thunder um, back a couple years ago, like they really had their fans uh, going Absolutely. crazy, things like that. Um You know, and also the Warriors, they they come out in full force. That's the playoffs when yeah. you're winning. People exactly. It's fun, man. Right. So but to me, yeah, you have like the the people on the screen, you know, cheering and everything. So it's like a home game because you had those fans cheering. I was watching the Bucks fans right now and they're upset <laughs> watching it on the screen. Oh, It's funny. But uh so like that's cool. But overall, I mean. I think them playing the music, it's a nice touch. And like, you don't hear the squeaking of the shoes necessarily. So to me, I mean, you don't really miss much without the fans of the NBA. At least I don't, it doesn't really affect me that much. Cause you have the music, the announcers, it's all yeah. good. The NHL was one that I, it's kind of hard for me to get behind. Though, Is it right? Because they're playing music and there's, you know, there's different things going on. The camera angles are cool, but you think of the Stanley cup playoffs. You you think of like the, the glasses oh, yeah. when a big hit happens and things like that? You don't have that. And, um, And to me, that's what makes playoff hockey so magical. It's the fans, right? So, to me, I'm more affected by hockey not having fans than I am the NBA not having
1: fans. Okay, so take that a step further. The Jags are not going to have fans at their first away game, which, by the way, might be huge. I don't know about huge because I never really think the Titans fans are like – I mean, you go there and it's like, oh, my gosh, it's not Seattle, Kansas City. Heck, Mm -hmm. I think Houston's underrated. When Houston wants to be loud – that place can be really oh, loud sure. inside. Yeah, uh, you've been there. I mean, back when back when I played, I mean, Houston was pretty good. They were always loud. But I've been remember- to a lot of Titans games. I mean, unless you can get to, the problem is not the fans. The problem is Derrick Henry, <laughs> and, and that's the problem. And yeah. unless they're going to make him sit out, mm-hmm. uh, then they still have an issue. <laughs> yeah. But it is interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. y- you know, it's now it's becoming a reality that even in football, in some places, you're going to play without fans for some games. Might not be that way in Jacksonville. Uh, because they plan to have about 17,000. But, man, that's going to be a wild thing in the in the sport of football, isn't it? And especially in the college game, if we get to that point, too.
0: I mean, it makes you wonder, will there be manufactured crowd noise for some kind of home field advantage, gotta if be. you will? Yeah. I think a lot um, like
2: we've seen, right? Well, that's what I was going to ask is, like, if, you know, the Jags are allowed to have some and say, you know, I think, like, uh up in Philadelphia, just because my family's from there, I know they're not allowed to have crowd people of more than 50 in a... Yeah, they will have nobody. So it's like, well, in my mind, that makes it feel like the Jags would essentially have an advantage here Mm -hmm. compared to the Eagles. If they were going to play the Eagles, like, would that... Should it be like a slate just... Blanket statement.
1: I honestly thought it would be more of that when all this came out, but I'm uh, I i can not sit here and tell you that having seventeen thousand people in a sixty-five thousand seat stadium spread out, stadium, spread out is going to be a big advantage.
2: But it's better than it's an zero. economic
1: advantage for the ownership. Yeah. Uh. But I. But I. And it's. It is better. But well, then. But it begs the question: Who's if you
0: can manufacture the crowd noise? Which one will be louder? You know. I mean. Maybe yeah it, they have a rule on it, how loud. It begs the question: How loud can seventeen thousand fans yeah. be? Now, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe you know
1: it, it could be deafening. But I just don't see it being that much of a game changer. It's interesting, right? Because I feel like, okay, we talked about this. What's sports going to look like when the crowd and baseball, again, hasn't bothered me. Golf, for the most part, hasn't bothered me. But Mm -hmm. I did notice a difference in the PGA Championship. When you amped up the level of play, the major championship, it was different. No doubt about it, Uh, especially Tiger in the field. You just could feel there was a lack of energy there, no doubt. And you can't pump up, pump crowd noise into golf. Yeah. okay you're not yeah. doing that but it hit me again here <laughs> it make the birds extra loud <laughs> well, the masters yeah. may uh the uh, or you don't need to now you can hear them crystal clear <laughs> but the 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 playoffs and, and i've watched less of the hockey but it, it hit me with basketball it's gonna be a little different guys at the free throw line three seconds to go down by one mm-hmm. and you got nothing yeah You got nothing. See, people tried to tell me that Colin Morikawa, he has nerves of steel, and he would have hit those shots anyway coming down the stretch at the PGA Championship. Well, let me equate it to this. If a guy's at the free throw line with three seconds to go down by one and you're on the road, you think that free throw is easier or harder with fans or without fans? It's the same thing in golf. It would have been harder Mm -hmm. to channel your emotions, to stay calm, in that situation coming down the stretch of the PGA championship. That's natural. You I mean, it's one of the great things. See, I really like baseball. But one of the great things about October baseball is every pitch you can feel it heightened, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can feel like every pitch this could change, and especially in this era, because there's a home run waiting around every corner. It makes you wonder what it's look like now in the in the NFL, right? Because
0: we talk about the offense and the defense, that home field advantage when you're on defense and the crowd's blaring loud and the quarterback can't get the call right and all of a sudden you know there's miscommunication between the offensive linemen. We're not going to see that this year. So number one, as far as the term false start, should be none. And if there's false starts in the NFL, fire that coach right away. Because let's be honest, man, there should be zero false starts this year. But my point is, if the offense has that silence, if they can audible out of anything and they can have all these different checkdowns and all these calls, because keep in mind, Even if it's going to be manufactured, you can't manufacture playing in Kansas City, okay? You can't manufacture playing in Seattle. You know, I I played in both of them as a home opponent um, for Kansas City and and as a away opponent in Seattle. And, like, believe me when I tell you, like, that noise, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's hard to hear, but it just it affects you. Like, the energy there, like, it physically affects you as well, right? Like, it, it, it can be exhausting. So with that being said, you can't manufacture that. So to me, we talk about an offensive-driven NFL league. Well, now we're talking about you have every advantage on offense where you can get those checkdowns, those audibles, everything like that. I think defenses are going to be hung out to dry now, especially with that home field advantage.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. See, so what my the moral of this story for me is watching it on TV is fine. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's, it hasn't bothered my viewing. In fact, I thought we would get sneakers squeaking in basketball. We yeah. didn't. Nope. I thought that might bother me. If we go back for a couple months ago, I was like, oh, that's going to be odd. Mm-hmm. Well, not even hearing it. I also believe, and we've talked about this sometimes in football, we'll see how it plays out. But if you can hear the crack of that helmet even more, wow. I mean, you talk, yeah. you talk about being right there with them. It might be better viewing. But I've also but, said, though, too, I NFL my counter that. Yes, they yes. might. And it's a good point with the safety aspect of it. They might try to um, at least uh, lower that impact yeah. or the feel of it. But I say this from the player's perspective, from the buzz, the adrenaline, the performance. When you look at these playoffs, the intensity is – I just have a hard time it's going to be where it normally would be. It's great because you them. feed off that. And, it, you know – I think the same goes for college. You know, The kids that go to these big schools, the Alabamas and Floridas and Florida States and Georgias and all the rest of them, that are going to play and if they play, Mm -hmm. uh, which they're headed that way, and they have signed up to play at that school for a lot of different reasons, but on that short list of reasons and near the top is running out of that tunnel with 90,000 or 100,000 screaming at you and yelling for you. Or even against you, mm-hmm. and that is the rush. And so, can you get yourself up in those settings? And college football might be harder than any other because that's one of the reasons you went there is yeah. to run out of the tunnel in the swamp mm-hmm. or somewhere else. So it's interesting how it. I mean, we've had these discussions for months and months, but now that we're in it, now we're closer to football. I kind of and we're in the playoffs in some of these scenarios. Kind of hit me a little bit more. I, I do think there's an impact on performance in play
0: well and it's a great it's a great point by you and the fact that i think football more than any other sport when we talk about the ebbs and flows the ups and downs all it takes is one play to get a crowd back into it or to take a crowd out of it right and you have to wonder if the crowd's not going to be there and you're looking for that ebb and flow you're looking for that momentum to swing a little bit well can it really swing now if there's zero crowd there
1: yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. And and speaking of, this is a great example today. I just asked uh when the uh, biggest Orlando Magic win since? They won game 1 last year this round. Who <laughs> they won against last so year? No, I'm said.
2: pretty sure Giannis and the Bucks knocked them out. I know, but did they win game 1? I I thought they got swept. I think they got swept if I remember correct
1: that's uh, so, okay that's i i said uh biggest win since and uh matthew said uh, last year's game one were you watching then i just responded no i'm not i wasn't watching now either Maybe they did. Win then. <laughs> okay. so, uh, yeah. but the point is it's a big win but it also goes to speak see that in a way that would be a bigger win last year they won on milwaukee's home court if they won game one yeah see, yeah how yeah. much does this hurt these top seeds and, and by the way, I'm not trying to play the Orlandos playing in Orlando, so they have home court. That's not the that's not what I'm going but, after. Right. But the, but the Bucks would have home court advantage. Yeah. And they don't have it. Well, so first, only, go ahead, Goose.
2: The only thing that is like home court advantage in the bubble is literally they like put the the. Yeah, they, they put the logos the on logo. there, and then you the have your and Zoom gold bucks fan. and yeah. So
0: you know what? I'm actually I'm gonna invest more now. I'm betting on the Bucks win the whole thing because last year the Magic beat the Raptors game one.
1: It was the Raptors, okay. Oh, so it was Raptors, yeah. Okay, and all well, that turned so, out for Toronto. So then this is a this is <laughs> a bigger him, win. Beat them at Toronto, by the way,
0: though. Beat them at Toronto,
1: yeah. But but by the way this is a bigger win to beat the Greek Freak in Milwaukee I think has well, a little yeah. more it's has a it's not in Milwaukee. more juice It's, in Orlando. it's an Orlando. it's a home court advantage for the Magic Well yeah it's a good point then nah. it was on the road What do you mean nah? They pl- the Bucks They play in their were city on the court oh, wow. the Bucks oh. logo were on oh, the also also oh, the arena was green
0: <laughs> so that means the Magic were in ahead of that give me a break
2: Yeah give me No a but break. you know what this does now is everyone's wondering is Giannis got this um can't get last year's playoff loss out of the back of his head. Is it? Is it getting a little? Is it getting to him? He needed this win to make that go away, and it's not going to go away.
0: For, now. First of all, everybody relax. All right, the, the, <laughs> just because he threw a headbutt, just because he threw a headbutt doesn't mean the, the season's crumbling. <laughs> just because he threw a headbutt doesn't mean he's out of character or anything. It's that immigrant mentality. By the way, immigrant mentality was used by Cheeto Vera after his UFC fight where he uh, upset Sean O'Malley. He said immigrant mentality, Brent. It's taken over. If people listen to ESPN six ninety, regardless. So that, though, Coos, be honest, man. Okay, it may not have been a home game for the Magic, but would you rather travel to Toronto and play a game or play in your own backyard?
2: Play in your own backyard. So there you go. But, but. Advantage Magic against the Bucks. But here's the thing. They've all been there for two weeks now. It's not like they had to travel, you know, yesterday to get to the bubble. So you mean to
0: tell me right now that traveling to Toronto and having Drake on the court and sing all his stuff was... Uh, less of an advantage than playing in your own city.
2: No, no, I'm saying okay. that definitely was more of an advantage. That's a huge win. But also, you know, the Bucks might be a more talented team than the Raptors would if you look at it on paper.
1: Well, they won the championship last year. They did so. win. I know. Say no more. Oh, you like this all of a sudden. You have turned this. I like it. <laughs> This is how my mind. I have to turn it. What
2: else do you want me to do?
1: We've we got an hour and a half left. Do you want me to panic right now and start crying? <laughs> I can do that, too. I'm stressing. Yeah, you can go in the tank for the rest of the show. I'm stressing. So you have
0: to spin it around. I have to spin it around. But thankfully, the Brewers won the, the last three against the Cubs, so I'm okay right now. Uh,
1: We will. Uh, let's talk. We're, we're on a, a little basketball right now. Real quick, thoughts on last night. Um,
2: Can't eject him like that.
1: Yeah, it's twofold, right? I mean, come on. These soft fouls are ridiculous. Even Horford. Did you see the one Horford yeah, got? Yep, yep. I mean, come on. It, 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 again, I don't watch near the amount of NBA as I used to watch. I used to watch it all the time. And even they were joking about it. In a different era, that's not a foul. But sure. in this era, it is a foul. But uh, come on. When you have all the players around. I mean, I think LeBron James and everybody else are like, what are you doing? It, it, heck, even uh, Doc Rivers said, I hate to see it. Yeah, so- Well, because it changed the game. I mean, they... Well, I just don't know if they win. I I don't I still think the Clippers would find a way to win that game. Right. I kind of do, but but it's a fair point and why but it, it's so it's Porzingis, too in that I mean, he's the one that went. He knew he had, he had already. one already. Don't go in you there. You can't yeah. do that. Regardless. So,
2: so Greeny but- was talking about it earlier today. He was saying that the NBA should be able to go back and review technical fouls. And if it's a foul where the player kind of justified to be upset, take it away. And he's like, it doesn't have to be like a pause the game, review yeah. it. It could just be something that happens during a commercial break. And they go, OK, that was, you know, he had the right to actually be upset. That was a block and not a... A foul.
0: But see, to me, as a referee, though, then you lose some of like your ownership of that game, right? Like, yep. I mean, there, there's there's a something to an NBA ref. Where it's like you have to respect his decisions, and all of a sudden you put that rule in there, and it's like, well, you're, you're like a substitute teacher as opposed to a principal. Well, my you know thinking was,
2: would it kind of be like the the pass interference stuff in the NFL? Like, is a ref going to be willing to say, "Yeah, I was wrong in that," yeah. like during the game? Exactly. I
1: here's the deal. Again, it's it's like replay in in baseball. We're replaying now. If a guy on a frame of video stepped off the bag, and it was put there to 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 do away with awful calls, that's what yeah. replay is is there for. Yeah. Uh, same thing in the NFL when they went to the pass interference thing. Well, this rule in the NBA was put in there for guys like Ron Artest and Draymond Green and, uh, and all yeah. all those guys, or Rodman. I don't know. Back it wasn't actually around back then. I, I think it's more recent, but. It's not put in there for this. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, but, again, the player's got to know. I mean, it's there's no different right there for Porzingis than playing with five fouls. Mm-hmm. And he's got to know. And he's the one to initiate. I mean, he went over there. It he wasn't did. even his fight. Well, it wasn't even really a
0: fight. And, you know, and, and I get the point. He's being a good teammate and all that stuff. But, dude, you got to be smarter than that. Well, all his right? good I mean, teammate I mean,
2: would have stayed
1: in the game.
0: Good point there. Good
2: yeah, you point see, there. Exactly. Uh, Bobon afterwards, he was, you know, Persyncus was walking off and he was kind of talking to him. I'm sure that's what was hey, yeah. you gotta know, man. Like you can't be yeah. he can't be doing that. Be
0: honest here, Brent. All right. Justin Kuzart. Luka Donich. We're at the YMCA, we're playing basketball. You don't know any other skill sets, Luka or Justin Kuz. Who are you picking first to play on your team? Because Luca does not look like a basketball player to me. I'm sorry. Like, the way he's built and everything does not look like a basketball player. It looks like he went to two years of community college and dropped out. Like, yeah, you, like, I you, mean, you well, you you're like,
2: asking me to against Kuz. I mean, well, still I still do Hold but- on, hold on. Luca six seven, so you're definitely taking. He, he is six
0: seven. <laughs> yeah. See, that's so deceiving, though. That's so deceiving because obviously he's the shorter he's guy. Broad, yeah. He's. Yeah, but he just to me, man, it's it's crazy. Like he's not that athletic. It seems like, but he gets to the hole every single possession. Yeah, he it's is insane.
1: He is special, uh, and there's no doubt about it. But I can't stand this kind of narrative. I, I even tweeted a little bit about he's, he become So the talk yesterday was 42 points, amazing. That's Luca, good. Luca, Luca. He had 11 turnovers too. It's like, well, a, yeah, a, I mean, 11 what? turnovers.
2: We What's just to dismiss 11
1: turnovers. Westbrook and Harden always yeah, have around that. Westbrook had how many faster in the playoffs or two yeah. years ago. Whatever. When I think it was somebody said Harden had 11 as yeah, well. when yeah. You're
2: like the primary ball handler. You don't want that. But that's kind of like a thing. I know Trey Young was going through listen, that a lot. too.
1: I love LeBron James. LeBron James has games like that where he turned it over a bunch. Yeah. All I'm saying is let's not celebrate 42 mm. like he just broke some kind of record. When he also turns I, well, it over 11 times and costs you a bunch of
2: possessions. I think I mean, he did set a record for he, youngest. He did, yeah. First well, no, game in the playoffs. Yeah,
1: so he set a record for uh, playoff debut, most yeah. points scored. He was with, uh, I think, Tracy McGrady had yeah. that. Uh, young, uh, LeBron had, yeah. had it over. Uh, did he have exactly 42 a couple times? I think it was. Something so, like that. Yeah, I mean, listen. I think he's a great player. Do you, though? Know? Because it sounds like you're kind of hating on him a little bit. I just don't like these. It's kind of like what gets me with baseball sometimes. Like, a oh, guy struck out nine times in a row. Okay, the next one he hit a home run. Let's talk about the home run. Yeah. He struck out nine times in a row. <laughs>
0: Hey, cuz you know what's up there. Hey, hey you know what's wrong with Brett right now? He doesn't see anybody outshine Larry Bird right now. Like, oh he had to sit through Dirk Nowitzki with nah. the Mavericks, and now he doesn't want to sit through Luca as
2: well. No, it's okay. I, listen, I'm Be enjoying honest.
1: watching Luca because he reminds me of watching Larry. I like that, he's but get, Larry didn't turn it over
2: 11 times in a game. He's getting paid by the Hawks to to bring Luca down so they don't look bad for trading for with Trey Young you know, and we're doing that whole about. deal. Yeah, good good point. <laughs>
1: So anything surprised you? I mean, was that a chance? That was their chance, right? They played pretty darn good. So, yeah, I mean, well, they're not going to beat them anyway. I mean, most if you grab two games, it's like Orlando, Orlando, maybe they get two games from the Bucks. They're not beating the Bucs. Yeah, I, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, be
0: bad, uh, yeah. As far as the Mavericks Clippers game, I mean, I am surprised how good Luke is right now. Right. And. Are they going to win a lot this year? And the playoffs probably not. But I think going forward now, and listen, Kristaps has looked damn good coming from the Knicks. I mean, all of a sudden that trade, and I get he want not be in New York, but still, the Knicks are kind of kicking themselves right now for what they got for Kristaps. I just think going forward, if you're a Mavericks fan, there's a lot to like there.
1: Miami, Indiana might be the best series going. Yeah, could be. Yep. Uh We'll see. Kind of boring to watch. But. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's from an entertainment state You don't have the star power yeah. like these. I mean, you got stars, but Jimmy Butler, yeah. yeah, yeah. But again, I mean, who'd you rather watch? Anybody that like Doncic and Kawhi well, and 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 LeBron yeah. and and all those guys, or heck, even Zion before you'd watch Jimmy Butler.
2: I, I think the Good the point. allure here is from for I I guess to your point, kind of like the the more involved nba fan because tj warren and jimmy butler in the middle of the yeah. season kind of had an exchange and okay. so that's what this well, kind of warren's been on fire well and that's why the whole thing was jimmy butler's comment about warren was he's not even on my level i'm not going to concern myself with him well now tj warren's <laughs> playing pretty well
1: yeah he's been awesome uh okay okc houston's a good one some people predict upsets uh with okc yeah potential mm-hmm. uh and portland la I, i'm off the train you're off, the, you're off the Dame train? Well, I'm just off the idea of, look out, Portland's going oh, to, yeah, I yeah. think even like Barclays. But it's been a heavy narrative that because Lillard's played so well, mm-hmm. and they were banged up most of the year, that they've got a chance to beat the Lakers. And the Lakers hadn't, didn't play well in the bubble overall, if you look at some of the uh analytics of it. yeah, Nah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, fun to I watched, watch, but nah. It was, it was I watched
0: that buy-in game obviously Memphis Grizzlies, John Moran, and yeah, Dame's still brought and everything, but you got to wonder how much does he have left, man, because he he's putting on his back right now. Yes, yeah, C J. McKellum. Speaking of backs, you don't have a fractured vertebrae. I'm gonna say it again, you don't have a fractured back, C J. When you're pulling up thirty foot guarantees like it's going out of style, dropping those down with no like little wincing in your eyes. You don't have a fractured back. Not sure where that rumor came from. It's not fractured. Enough said, but I think the Lakers got it all day. A series that I'm intrigued by, though, and I'm surprised Brett Brown hasn't been fired yet, Philly and Boston. Right? Because the reason I say Brett Brown should be fired, when you have a Joel Embiid on your team, listen, regardless of what your team makeup is, when it's crunch time, you give the ball to your superstars. All right? Ben Simmons out for the 76ers. Joel Embiid, new shoes and everything. He's out there. Why don't you give him the ball, Coos?
2: I, I Really, I don't even understand why they didn't give him the ball. That's yeah. the that's the move that works. I think, you know, obviously you want to have other tricks in the bag, but I don't feel like the Sixers do right now. Um, and I maybe they were trying to expose something because, you know, Gordon Hayward went down and, mm-hmm. and uh, has a grade three sprain now. So he'll be out for a little bit, which you feel bad for him because, you know, the other foot injury that he dealt with a little bit or last year, two years ago at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. But either way, so, I mean, it's really your only go-to thing in that scenario. Um, it's just you know I'm so out on the Sixers. I'm a fan, but I'm just so I'm just I've given up out. on them.
1: Hayward, by the way, is out four weeks. Uh, but yeah. I was talking to Ty about this yesterday. We were kind of I was like, he did did that big injury ruin him? Because, like, is he even any good Well, He, was, he had 30-point I mean,
2: games and stuff during the season. He would drop 30-point games. It just, just doesn't – he feels like just like a piece. Yeah. Like he's not even like a
1: big part of – he came over to be a big part. Has good. a huge injury, obviously, that gruesome injury. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's Gordon Hayward. That's yeah. what I feel like when I'm watching him. But, again, well, I mean, listen, like I'm team, honest. Yeah. I'm not I'm – not, I don't watch him every night. Mm-hmm. But, no, you're – I, I just wrong. feel like, I mean, this guy's supposed to be superstar potential guy, and he's really doesn't feel that. Well, on
0: and, and especially, like, on the Celtics, too, where, I mean, you know, the Celtics right now, they're, they're made up of a, of a bunch of interesting pieces. Absolutely. Kemba you know? Walker, Kellen yeah, yeah, uh, Brown. Exactly. And, and, you know, Brown had a couple threes. I was like, Kemba's really good, but there's not... To me, not a superstar like like a above and beyond. So like when Hayward came over, it was like, well, they got a lot of just quality players. But even like in this lineup right now with Hayward, I always felt like I agree with you. Where it was like he's kind of the guy that comes off the bench a little bit, gives a little
1: energy, and then back you go. Yeah, You know, like, to me, Haywood didn't really give me that much. Yeah. Maybe Ben wasn't I, watching. And I think it's just been the, again, I mean, comes in kind of the superstar. Yeah. Like, whoa, this is a big trade, is all this stuff. And then the gruesome injury just doesn't feel like he ever got, he's got back to the superstar level. I mean, they have, oh, listen, Jason Tatum is yeah superstar material. Yeah. He might already be there, but he's going to even. And Kemba, yeah. They have a great, I mean, they have a lot of they, good stuff, a lot of good pieces. But. I just feel like they just kind of get lost in the shuffle for they whatever do. reason. And then they're Boston. How,
0: how could they? But I your don't know.
1: point is probably right. They don't have, like, Greek freak kind of level. They don't have Harden kind of level yeah. guy or Donchich even kind. None of their guys get that kind of attention. Which yeah.
2: kind of, I mean, defensively, scheming-wise, makes it hard. to. How do you plan for that? True.
1: True. A little NBA talk. How about that? Not too shabby. Uh, we will, uh, other than, by the way, the Orlando Magic won last year at Toronto, too. Yeah, so everybody calm down. <laughs> you know what? I'm celebrating, that's, Brett. That's, <laughs> thank you, Milwaukee. I, I've got more confidence <laughs> now. The uh, We'll talk a little more NBA later because I want to get into the ratings game. Why is it declining? Um, and all this right now feels like I'm watching March Madness again, yeah. uh, which is kind of fun. Uh, I'm even watching and talking about <laughs> we we'll get back to some football uh, right after this, including Georgia-Florida game in Jacksonville moved. Big deal? Not a big deal? Grounds crew might think so. That's next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. It's a, it's, there's three islands, and it can be very nice and lucrative, by the way. You could be a huge winner, but you could be a huge loser, too. You might not have a boat to get home.
2: Austin Lane.
0: Well, I like that. Man. I love that analogy. Action Sports Jacks
1: on ESPN 690.
0: I have a ton of confidence in him. Um, You know, just the way he's a younger guy, but he commands the huddle and he's got that confidence about him that, uh, you know, we're going to make the plays. And, you know, I think we're still uh, we're still growing. Our relationship is as far as, uh, you know, after a play or after practice, we kind of talk over what what we saw or how we'd like to do things a little bit differently
1: just to make sure that we're we're getting on the same page and using this training camp as a time to uh, to really get better. And um, so I think that's that's gone really well. Tyler Reifert Jaguars tight end Cruz is doing a good job huh? With some of the new tunes and yeah, You're beat bopping over there <laughs> Beat bopping, you better believe it, Brunt uh, That was a nice little groove there, Cruz The guys in the background singing Is that you singing in the background?
2: Yeah, I put down some vocals on there, you know <laughs> Nice
1: touch. Nice touch. Hey, by the way, uh, just a reminder, our new lineup now into day two, and that means uh, live, local, and allowed tonight, although we do have a basketball game tonight as well. So I remind you that uh, we could have some preemptions, uh, but they'll have more on the Orlando Magic win if you're into that. We'll have a little bit more on the NBA because uh, ratings are way down. I I saw an interesting article on it, and it surprised me. Uh, So why is that? And We might have just come up with another reason in the break when we were talking about it. Uh, so we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, Georgia-Florida game mm-hmm. coming up. It's uh, supposed to be Halloween. Obviously going to be different anyway because of what's going on. Uh, I don't know where they're going to sit in terms of the RV cities and the tailgatings and the world's largest outdoor cocktail party feel. Uh Fans in the stands. This would be a very difficult one, by the way, for fans. Like, it might just be easier to say no fans yeah. because of the split crowd and the responsibilities to the boosters and who might get ticked off and who might not. I mean, that could be a really tricky one. Absolutely. They might just be <laughs> smart to say, hey, we're not doing it. Yeah. Uh, that might be the easiest way. You think they'd still do tailgating, though? I just. I don't know how they endorse tailgating. Have you been down? I mean, yeah, I know you haven't been there. Yeah. I mean, you've been seen that stuff. I mean, it's well, Brent. I mean, we were there last year. I know about it, man. Oh yeah, we were there. But yeah. I mean, even on game day morning alone, yeah. If you just did it that day, yeah. It, it's like one of those scenes that we saw early on in the pandemic down in, like, South Florida on the beach. Listen,
0: they don't call it the World Largest cocktail party for no reason, Brent.
1: So I just can't imagine they're going to sign off on that. I, I'd be so surprised if they did. But I also was surprised to see the game moved off Halloween to have a bye week then. And it makes some sense from the SEC point of view because, well, their season started a couple weeks later than they anticipated. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense from the Jags' point of view and I, I think this is a real interesting part of this. Now, it's not just Jacksonville, but my first thought was, my gosh, I mean, the Jags, do they have a say in this? Mm-hmm. Because normally what they do around Georgia, Florida, Florida, Georgia, whatever you chair for, but this year it's Georgia, Florida because it's 2020. So uh, the... <laughs> make make both sides happy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do in this world. Now. <laughs> uh, I have to parrot myself a little bit. Yeah. But... What they normally do is they say the Jags try to – they would normally go to London mm-hmm. or they would be on the road or it's a bye week. And it's not just because of the game day stuff. It's because of the logistics that go on while people are in RV City, while they're transforming the the, the clubs and the, and the whole stadium, while they have the uh, Hall of Fame luncheon on Friday or all these activities. The Jags are tra- – wouldn't would try to get work in well they can't even park in the parking lot yeah so there's a lot of logistics that go into why the jags have not played normally on that same weekend well and also let's keep in
0: mind as well you know and i've talked about it before on the show one of my very favorite places to play in jaguars fans put some earmuffs on if you want to is pittsburgh uh, i love pittsburgh city i love the environment i love the fan base it's just it's just a really cool vibe that i can really gravitate towards right but the bad thing about pittsburgh the field is absolutely atrocious because, keep in mind, the University of Pittsburgh plays on Saturday, and then some games would be well home game on Sunday for the Steelers, so you go back-to-back days of that game. Now, Pittsburgh, as far as their climate, is obviously a little colder, a little different, especially during the fall, than it is in Jacksonville. But where my concerns arise is, so you're going to have a Florida-Georgia game on Saturday, and then the very next day you expect your ground screw and everything to have this field immaculate for a game on Sunday. I don't think it's very feasible. At least Pittsburgh couldn't do it, Now maybe Jacksonville can, once again, with the weather or whatever, the,
1: the resources that you have. But I think from a field condition standpoint, you might have a problem. That's the thing that got me, right? I mean, say the logistics of the week. Well, I guess they're going to have to figure that out. But if there's no fans and not a lot of fans and the changeover, uh, SMG and everybody else might have to not worry about as much of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the players because there's not as much traffic and events and things going on, might not have to worry as much about that. But it would bother the heck out of me. And, and so there are some concessions that need to be made by the Jaguars all the time around. Listen, well, they'd, like, they'd like to shrink capacity of that stadium by 10,000 more if they could. But sure. because of the relationship, and, and by the way, the Jags have been very supportive of that relationship, and they should be. It's a huge deal for the city, and so it's a cool thing. Yeah. But I also, if I'm Doug Marone and the Jags, I'm like, what are we doing here this week then i mean i'm not i'm going to work still we're using our practice field still we're getting ready i'm, I'm interested to see how they pull that off because it's certainly the first time it's happened uh, since i've been here um and i actually didn't even look that up from an historic standpoint i don't know uh if i can't imagine they've gone back to back i just don't think they have so and then you bring up the field part the field it's like where my mind went to well, next is the field part it's yeah. like What if it rains Mm -hmm. and then the next day you have crappy field conditions and no fault of the the grounds crew or anything? They're going to do their best job, but – that will be a very interesting situation to hear and see, and hopefully the weather's good and all that, uh, and and people are going to be cleaning up around the clock to make it happen. But the cleanup won't be as bad out in the parking lots because there likely won't be as many people. Listen,
0: and I'm not sure how the Florida-Georgia game operates as far as in the stadium, but I can assume that I'm sure the training room is going to be used to tape ankles and things like that, you would think, right? So let me ask you this, Brent. How do you feel with essentially – let's say, 200 staff members on each – I'm sorry, 100 staff members, 200 total on each team using your facilities and stuff
1: when you're trying to keep that to a minimum, obviously, to keep COVID-19 down. That's a great call. Really didn't even think about that part as much. I, yeah. they, I'm, like, listen, they're not just doing this blindly. No, there's going to be protocols and precautions, but still. But I'm going to say this, okay? And this crossed my mind because we're in a conspiracy theory world and I don't almost believe everything as it's put out there. Sure. Did the SEC, did even Florida or Georgia try to work with the city on this, work with the Jags on this to try to accommodate something better so you're not playing back to back and and just couldn't do it? Mm -hmm. Or did they essentially say, we don't care? We're going to play. We're going to schedule. This is worth a lot of money to the city of Jacksonville. They'll make it work. And is this a little bit of a power play at some of the rumblings we've heard in recent years to bring that game, at least on a rotational basis, back to campus? That's the conspiracy theory that played in my mind Mm -hmm. about... A little bit of hey, we're moving it back, and bam, we're playing. We don't care if the Jags are home or not. Now, again, these are really unique circumstances. I'm not saying that's what happened, but it crossed my mind: is that's what if if that is what's happening? Well, and let's be honest here, Brent. If you're the
0: SEC and you're the the Almighty, you can find a way to make it work somehow, right? Like you don't have to play a back-to-back game Saturday and Sunday in Jacksonville. You could have found some way to make it work. And I get it right now, the landscape with COVID-19 and all that. But let's be honest. You could have found some way to make it work. You didn't. Now, whether you're lazy or you just don't care, it is what it is. But I, and listen, in terms of the SEC conspiracy theories, I haven't thought about this one. But you make a great point, you know, because you think they have the resources to kind of set it up whenever they want to. But the fact that they said, you know what, we're the SEC and we sell that stadium every single year. Let's do it right now. I don't care what you got to say about it. Those conversations could very easily have taken place,
1: yeah, I wonder, and i I we'll see where this thing goes. but there's been a lot of conversation by the schools. There's been a lot of conversation by others. Hey, we'd like to at least see it on a rotational basis in mm-hmm. Athens. uh Atlanta, what we had Atlanta right yeah they they would like to get the game. uh can you play it in Gainesville? all these things. It, it crossed my mind, was this a power play of any sorts to say, hey, we're sticking it here, and uh, maybe we will ruffle a little feathers in, in some what, you yeah. know, way, shape, or form. Uh, I can't imagine. Cause it seems like everybody's got a good relationship uh, from an administrative point of view. But again, uh, we're in a world of, of conspiracy theories. That I feel like uh, all the time, and that one crossed my mind. One well, and listen, and I don't care how many tickets you sell, and if you can sell at that
0: whole stadium, you have to bring an extra seating. I don't care about that. I don't care how big RV City is. At
1: the end of the day, it's not your home. Okay, you're you, you're, you're guests. Well, you it, are guests. That's a that's a unique thing. They are guests in a way. They're guests, but. They're a very, 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 very welcome guest, and they've been a guest sure. for a long, long time, sure. even before the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're, they're, they're your favorite neighbors in the neighborhood forever, but guess what? You're still a neighbor. You don't live there. The, the, it hasn't got to that point yet, mm-hmm. but it, are they pushing the Jags? Did they ruffle any feathers? And I have no word that they they did. Mm-hmm. But did they, in all of this, ruffle any feathers? Uh, that, listen, there's w- there's one school of thought that they push it back a week because maybe that extra week even allows them to have more fans or fans a, a week. Mm-hmm. And all this is going to make a difference, I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. If they had pushed it to December, I could have bought into that theory a little bit more. That ain't happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we'll see what happens with the fans. Uh, we'll see if they're able to flip that field, around, which they do at other facilities. They'll be able to do it. Uh, but hopefully it doesn't rain because that could cause some... Unhappy people for the Jacksville Jaguars, I would think. Without a doubt. Uh, I would be if I were them. Uh we'll be back an hour to go here in the show. Talk a little more NFL, NBA ratings, decline, and Major League Baseball unwritten rules. Oh yeah, swing on that 3-0 count. It's coming up next. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts. O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts